Unfortunately, those players, well, I imagine most of them are no longer with us. However, what we'll do is we'll get some replica players into replica uniforms, having a bit of a hit, some old times out there doing their very finest and sharpest work, and it'll be just, you know, reminiscent of about 100 years ago. So you'll see a 1909 Victorian team take on a 1909 New South Wales team on the ice after the Melbourne Ice beat the Ice Dogs on the 23rd of August. This is about quarter to seven the old-timers play in their 100-year-old uniforms. We'll have the 1960 good old state teams, Victoria versus the Wales, play each other. So you have the 1909 teams play each other, and then the 1960 team for that. We'll have the current 2009 good old state teams. They'll play, so we'll have three games in a row. The old-timers, the 1960s team, and then the current day 2009 state tips that'd be fantastic and just to remember this is the this is after the melbourne ice sydney ice dogs uh, game this is the final home game of the year on the 23rd of august at 6 45 p.m so you'll be there for melbourne ice versus the ice dogs stick around because you'll get the old timers the 60s boys and then of course the current boys going toe to toe it'd be a fantastic little way to celebrate the uh, the centenary so that'd be fantastic also, I should mention before we uh, wrap the segment up, there's a few more things we should mention. The wine sale, that's culminating, that's culminating very nicely. Uh, it's uh, all going beautifully. Now, you want to get your order forms in quickly. Uh, I think there's a couple of nice wines that you should get involved with. Uh, it's a nice little uh, Shiraz there. I think it's a nice little number there. So get involved with that, the Melbourne Ice Wine Sale. So uh, don't miss out on that. That's going to be uh, going off very soon. Uh, of course, also, there is the, the Perth trip to mention. That's happening this coming weekend. Exactly, that's this coming weekend. So uh, you make sure you want to get on board there if you're interested, and I'm, why not? I was in Perth last week doing reconnaissance, me and Lucian, and it was fantastic. It's a beautiful part of the world, uh, Perth, and, uh, you know, uh, two games, I think it's 25 bucks a ticket for both games, in the uh, Coburn Ice Rink. It'd be fantastic. Play on a team of, uh, of uh, Western Australians. I think it'd be a fantastic little weekend away. So if you're interested, and you still can be, get on board, email... I-N-F-O at MelbourneIce.com. That's info at MelbourneIce.com with your interest, and they'll get you uh, all sorted out over there. Uh, to again sort it out, sort it out uh, the, the finals. Now, we are officially only uh, one point out of the finals, but for all those purposes, in on this show, we are claiming we are in. This show is not going to hold back. We are going to say we're in. We are playing finals. It's very exciting. We're going to go ball with the finals this year. There's going to be arrangements made uh, in the coming weeks uh, in terms of how we can get Melbourne Ice fans together and masquerading up the uh, up the Hume Highway and supporting our boys as they uh, pursue uh, pursue greatness. Now, uh, nothing's been said yet, but keep an eye on the website and of course your ice blast on Thursday Thursday evenings and Friday mornings because there will be arrangements made to make your your Newcastle experience a little bit better. Now, later in the show, we'll, we'll give you a bit, of a bit of a hint, a bit of a sneak preview on how to get yourself involved in Newcastle, because like I said, this show is claiming that we're in. Melbourne Ice, and they'll be uh, diplomatic and say, look, we can sort of get that last point, but Melbourne Ice podcast is claiming that the Melbourne Ice are in the finals, and we will help you out on this show. And just finally... Just finally, before we uh, before we uh, run the segment up, it's a bit lonely here without Leishan, but before we run the segment up, uh, what you can now get on DVD, this is very exciting, this is very exciting, is you can now get the 2008 AIHL final series on DVD. I know, I was surprised as well. It's a shock to me, but it's a must-have. It's a 3-disc set with beautiful resolution, and I'm not sure it's high def, but it's just as good. You can get all this magnificence for $27. I mean, no brainer for mine. So what you would do is you would have to email the Slapshot people. Uh, that's Slapshot Entertainment. Look up their website. They'll give you all the details, and you can get that very beautiful DVD, beautiful masterpiece of uh, of production for $27. That's a fantastic value. So so much value going on with the gala dinner and the uh, Melbourne Ice presentation. That'd be fantastic. So uh, what we'll do is we'll... Uh, that's all the news. That's all the news we've got there. What we'll do is after that's all me. That's all the news. We'll go uh, go to a break. But we'll first before before we actually mention our very uh, good friends, Minifor Network Solutions, uh, IT uh, with a personal touch. Great friends of ours. They're great supporters, and uh, we thank them very much for support. And on that note, we'll go to a break, and we'll come back with a very special edition of Herbert's Corner. Thanks to the crew. Usually I can walk over to my right and, you know, have some banter with my, uh, 
frustration uh, relevant to how you find it because I mean in, in a good sense because you're so used to being out there and able to help the team and all of a sudden you're behind the bench. Is, is, is frustration a good word to use? Yeah I mean frustration would be an okay word to use. I, I don't know that it's frustration that I, I just want to be a part of it and yep. I, yep. I, I want to get into it and when I, when I see something or I see you know you, you see so much different stuff when you're standing behind the bench and it's not just standing behind the bench but it's it's not being in your equipment you see the game yep. play. and uh, there are a lot of things that get into your skin that uh, you, you would like to try to rectify or change or uh, you know along those lines yeah but you do enjoy it though I must, I would, we must say that you do enjoy it um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it and uh, uh, I think I'm, in, I'm improving as time goes on I'm getting better at, at, at motivating and Specifically, uh, what actually is your role as the assistant coach on Wednesday nights and then on game day? Um, I would say that probably Jeff is, is the much more um, our, our emotional leader. Yep. Um, and, and I think that I'm probably a little bit stronger on the technical side of the game. So um, we'll work together and, and, and try to come up with a plan and, and, and try to use our strengths in the best way possible. So uh, oftentimes, um, strategically, um, I'll probably do a little bit more. And like I said, on, on the more emotional emotional and, and managing, managing the players, um, and the psychology, uh, uh, Jeff is um, very, very good in that area. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's um, his main strength with Jeff. It's the uh, the motivational side, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, on to this season, uh, you had a, 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 an interesting process. It was pretty good. What kind of expectations or goals, from your point of view, did you see for the team this year? Um. I would have to say that for the most part we've exceeded any goals that I set for us at the That's We knew that we were going to have a young, inexperienced team for the most part. And uh, we really were, um, you know, hoping that we would come somewhere near the playoffs. And, and like I said, I really think that we've, we've far outseated any, um, far exceeded any expectations that we originally had. I mean, the, the leaders have done a great job leading. Yep. You know, especially you've got uh, Liam and Glenn and Tommy coming back into the fold as well. Yep. And, uh, and the young guys, you know, uh, Berkey and Mossy and, uh, and Jack and 
uh, Mike McDowell, those guys have really, uh, you know, they've been pushing for a spot, trying to get in the lineup every week, and, and uh, uh, we've got a, we've got a lot of depth here, actually. And it, it's, it's, it's uh, especially good, especially considering uh, Nathan's injury, uh, one of the most important players for the team. However, you've managed to offset it somehow with some uh, with some uh, good management skills. How have you, as a coaching uh, duo, you and Jaffa, got about offsetting Nathan's injury? He is irreplaceable. I mean, uh, I would have to say that um, definitely, uh, probably our top player, game in, game out, he, he, he always brought his A game every single night. Uh, there might have been guys that might have had better nights than I me mean, on certain nights, but uh, he never had a bad game. And what he brought, we can't replace. So we've just tried to, instead of trying to replace him, we've just tried to move on and, and utilize the players that we have and do the best the best job possible with what with what we had and not try to force anything. Yep. Um, and, and also, how do you, as a, as a duo, you see you've, you've lost a great player in Nathan, but also in a weird kind of way, you've, you've almost gained a recruit in, in Tommy, uh, there's no doubt he's a talented, talented player, and, and in terms of talent, he's, he's up there with the uh, up there on the on, on top of the team. However, he comes in at this sort of late stage where you've only got some ideas about chemistry and line combinations. How do you how do you deal with someone as good as Tommy who's come in so late to the season? Well, one of the really great things that guys like Tommy and, and Michael Beaton, who had injuries that um, basically from the start of the season, they did a fantastic job of being here every practice. Yep. Week in, week out. And so what happened, we actually had a talk about that early on. We said it's very important that you're around the guys so that you feel a part of it. And you're not just a stranger coming in because that will upset the balance. But uh, to their credit, um, they were here and they were supportive and they were part of it. So it, it really was a very natural thing having them come back into the lineup. No, oh, fantastic. And you talk about balance. And another thing that I find interesting is you talk about how it's a young team and how, in a sense, this year there's an emphasis on development. One particular player who's in that in that category is Jamie Burke. How do you balance the need to develop him, but then the want to sort of use him as a potential match winner? Uh, that is part of his development, really. I mean, he's uh, he. I think he's a complete player. He he's probably our he's our most physical player and maybe the smallest player we have at the same time, which is a pretty That's great rare. To him. Um, and he has been, I, he's just been awesome. I, I can't say enough about uh, his performance this year. I mean, he, he again is another guy who he's bringing it every single night. And uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about him. Um, is, is there a tendency that you, uh, you, you, you're almost fearful of overusing him as someone who's so young and is, is on the small side? Uh, you know what, it hasn't really even come into my thought process, so yeah. I, I wouldn't say, if I felt that way, um, then we probably would have taken some steps to do something about it, but you know what, he's just slotted in so nicely, and uh, and I don't think that we're in danger of overusing him, and yep. uh, you know, the type of game that he plays, uh, yeah, he's going to have to pay the piper at some point, but uh, he's a tough kid. He is. Uh, I, I think it's only going to serve to probably make him stronger. Yep, and just one more individual before I get on to our last couple, and I'll thank you for your time. Uh, Keith Seckington, he's interesting as well because from from where from where it's uh, from where, where the fans sort of sit, it, it looks like his role has changed from the very early part of the season to now. Uh, how have you seen his role and influence change from say preseason opening night to uh, the last game? Well, I mean, it was. It's, He's such an interesting case because he was such a mystery to us when he first came here, and we knew nothing about him. Yep. And he got on, and, and we, he did nothing wrong during training camp. He acquitted himself perfectly, and we originally uh, envisioned him as being maybe a guy that we would slot in and out of the lineup, but uh, he's been, as far as I'm concerned, uh, our best defenseman, and, and along with Nathan, Nathan um, probably our, our most consistent performer night in, night out, and he's been a huge part of our 
much success this year. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's just been incredible. Yeah, he certainly looks to be uh, getting better with, uh, with every passing week. Um, speaking of getting better, uh, from your point of view, and you're, you're uh, one of the main men, you, you do a lot of uh, stuff on the ice tonight for training and whatnot. What areas are there still that you still didn't think that are the key areas to work on over the coming months looking towards the point? And what are the key areas of the team's play that you think need refinement? The one area that has been a concern for us all year has been, I believe, our grittiness and our toughness. Yep. I think we have quite a few talented players and quite a few, um, also quite a few young players. But I think that uh, when, we, when it gets right down to it and we've got to get in the trenches and play with a team like Adelaide who, you know, it's, 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 it's like a, a, game, a street fight. Um, sometimes we, I think we need to step up our level of toughness and our, and our, and our aggressiveness, and that's something that uh, hopefully over time we'll start to we'll start to get better at. And it's a, a testament to the guys that they took on uh, a pretty uh, surly Ice Dogs team in um, in Sydney. Yeah, exactly. On the second night of a road trip, and uh, came away with a huge, huge points. They're probably the biggest game of the year. Exactly, and just on that weekend, uh, how important was the 7-3 win on the Saturday, considering it was against the top team in their rink, and also that's the rink where you'll need to, play, need to win finals. How important is that in terms of psychological, uh, you know, above the shoulders? I mean, it's, uh, you, you, you couldn't even estimate it's, uh, its value, and it's just, just mentally, like you say, above the shoulders to get this guy's heads in the right space, and, and, and this is one of the things we talked about before the guys went away, so guys, you can do this. So, so don't think in any way, shape, or form that you can't do this. Yep. Adelaide went in there and beat them up on their home ice, and uh, and, and they, they've got holes. We've got to find them, and we've got to pressure, and we've got to force them. We've got to play differently than we did uh, did here. So um, the guys really took it to heart and uh, and performed, especially under the gun, not having Nathan, because that also had a, a, a pretty big psychological effect as well. Exactly, and, and, and of course that win, that gives them great confidence. So if they happen to find themselves there in a month's time, they've got the confidence because they've done it before. Yeah, they, I mean, they, 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 they realize now that, hey, we can do this. Yep. Whereas before, it might have been like, we might be able to do this. So that, that I know for sure. Uh, just lastly, uh, in terms of actual training and the workload, do you do any kind of tapering off or conversely increasing the workload uh, in terms of the training on Wednesday nights to get them cherry ripe for the end of the season? Or how does that work out now in terms of fitness and uh, training intensity? Look, you know what? We always try to go as intense as is humanly possible. And the only time we may taper down a little bit is if we've had consecutive um, road trip games or something like that. And we feel yep. like uh, the, the practice after the, uh, the the weekend in Sydney and Newcastle, uh, that practice would have been a little bit easier just to give the guys' bodies a rest because they were pretty, pretty beat up and sore. Yep. But generally, we always go absolutely, um, for lack of a better word, balls to the wall as hard as we can because um, practice time for us is premium and, and you, you have to play like you practice. And make the most of it. We have to practice like you play, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. It's been a fun chat and uh, hopefully uh, tonight's training session is uh, is all very good and we can uh, really push on now and, uh, and make a bit of fits this season. I'll thank you very much for your time. Okay, thanks, Link. Cheers, mate. That's the, uh, the, uh, the chat with Brad. I thought it was a fantastic chat. Uh, Brad is a very engaging young man, and uh, it was good to catch up with him uh, uh, and get his views on the season, uh, which are, you know, just as good as just as good as Jaffa's, and I thought that's fantastic. But we'll have Jaffa back next week in uh, a sense of normality. Next week begins. We'll have Leishan back here, and we'll have Jaffa as well. So, But thanks to Brad. Uh, that was a great chat, and thanks to Crew for sponsoring that segment. Uh, I thought it was very interesting uh, how he talked about Keith Seconton's role there. It's a very important, um, very important uh, thing that's happened there in terms of his development coming on in the role. Because at the start of the year, fair to be said, uh, the expectations for Keith were a little bit lower than uh, than what we've uh, now got for him. And it's fantastic that he can uh, grow into his role and come out and uh, surprise us all pleasantly. So that's fantastic. 
That's, uh, so that's Cody's corner. That's segment two all done. That's up beautifully. What we'll do now is we'll go to the break. We'll come back with a very uh, packed segment three. Today brought to you by Between Coffees, who, uh, if you want a website, any kind of management website, Between Coffees are fantastic, get on board with them, uh, they're great people, and uh, their website is betweencoffees.com, and uh, they are helping us out this year by sponsoring, uh, sorry, managing the Melbourne Ice website, so if you need a site for, you know, your business or club, get on board with Between Coffees, they are fantastic people. Now, segment three. This week, we've uh, got a nice little uh, grab here, some grabs here for my uh, conversation with Tommy Powell, uh, assistant captain with the ice this year. Bit of a star, this bloke. Uh, I've covered him uh, just a couple of days ago, and uh, the main article from uh, our conversation will be in this week's game book, and then later up, later up on the website. But uh, for you now, a bit of an exclusive, bit of a bit of a uh, advanced hearing. Here is some of the conversation I had with Tommy Powell. Back to your earlier hockey, back quite a few years ago. Um, how quickly was the ride from, you know, try that ice skate at a local rink in Melbourne to go to the US purely because you've got some hockey potential? How quick was that ride from, you know, where to go? Um, yeah, it was pretty quick. I just did, um, I think we did a track camp, like in the Czech Republic. Yeah. And, uh, no, it wasn't Czech. It was a, it was a Minnesota camp. Um, we had just this, um, this Team Australia type thing of whoever could pay the money could uh, go and play type thing, so it wasn't really an Australian thing. Yep. Um, it was just put together and uh, we'd all go and play uh, just like a couple of teams over in Minnesota and one of the, one of the coaches there said, um, you know, I've got a couple contacts in, uh, in Colorado if, uh, if you'd like to, you know, for me to hook you up and... Um, uh, go and go and give it a good whirl there, and uh, play for them, and see how you go. And pretty much, like a couple of weeks later, I was back on a plane and uh, back over there. And then uh, you spent how long over in uh, in Colorado? Uh, I spent one year there, and then uh, another year in a different place in Colorado. Oh, okay. And um, in, in terms of hockey and just general life experience, how how awesome was that? You know, that two years spent over there. It's a big learning curve. I mean. You know, you gotta you gotta grow up pretty quick. Like I left home when I was 13 at the time, so um, you know you you mature a lot, a lot earlier than probably some people. Um, even though sometimes they act pretty immature, but you know you, you grow up pretty quick and yeah. and you learn a lot about hockey and a lot about life. So it's uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Um, after that finished, uh, obviously you've just had a massive taste of what hockey can be like over over North America. Where where do you see you want to take your hockey after that? Like where were you thinking? Okay, I've just done that. Hockey now means what to me? Uh, hockey is still my life. Like pretty much, I, I still live off hockey. Um, every year you kind of plan and uh, you know see where you want to go. It can be different each year. You know, at the moment. Uh, this year I'm still focusing on my knee, which is um, understandable. Yeah. Still got a bit of work to do. It's not really 100, but I am cleared to play at the moment. So um, yeah, I take it year by year and, and see what see what arises. So you're the kind of person that wants to, you know, every every sort of uh, northern winter go overseas and try and play smoke over there. summer occasionally? I mean, you might get one this year, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, well, um, it's quite nice to have a summer. I mean, you can't really complain with a bit of nice weather every once in a while. No, that's true. So, um, so in the past, in, in the past few years, where have you found yourself uh, overseas uh, come Christmas time? Where are some of the places you actually end up being? Um, I played, well, two years in Colorado. I played a year in Canada. I played in Czech Republic. Um, Jeez, that's a while ago. 
So yeah, I missed the first couple. Like I see playing, and I think I was home for one. Yep. Um, and then I went back, and I don't think I've, I've had one since. Well, well, should you have one with your parents this year, though? Which would be nice. Oh, it should be, but uh, you know, my parents uh, are children from England as well, so. Yep. Um, we can't always seem to miss each other. That's, oh, well, what can you do? Um, well, you, kinda, you, know, you learn to deal with stuff like that, so... You get used to it, yeah? Yeah. The, the contentious one, how's the knee as we speak? <laughs> yeah, no, the knee is um, definitely on the mend. Uh, it's pretty close to uh, back to 100%. Oh, that close, is it? Oh, uh, you know, I'm just saying that. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, can we just... At the top. Can we go back to when you first did it? When you did it, did you immediately know you were in trouble? Um, I knew... I didn't actually know that I was in trouble. I felt a big pop. Oh, okay. And then I, um... I kept playing on it for a little bit. And then I, I stopped again, and then I felt another pop. Oh, you've had two? And, um... And then, pretty much as soon as the, uh, the game was over and I got in the car, it just blew up. And uh, yeah, I went straight to straight to my Cairo dude, and um, he said that I definitely torn my ACL, and the two props were uh, completely torn ACL and uh, partially torn meniscus. So you did, did the whole works, mate. Yeah, man. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Exactly. It's go the whole way. Um, when so when you kept playing on it, that, that's right. So you basically did it the first time with the ACL and kept playing. How were the how were the uh, the shits after that? Like, did you really feel hind hindered in your, in your movement, or was it like not too bad, like just a bit of a knock? Um, no, it felt it was like really like a it was painful, but it was painful for about like ten fifteen seconds, and then it was uh, um you know it kind of died down. Oh, okay. I didn't really notice it. Oh, that's and, strange. Like literally straight after I had had the second pop, like you know maybe maybe a minute after, and then. Pretty much the game was uh, was finished yep. after the second pop, so um, it was probably put together like five minutes oh, okay. of the game type thing, so. Now, when actually was that? That was back in, that was a while ago. Now, what month was that when you actually did it? I think it was the beginning of December, December. I think. Yeah, so when you did it, uh, on the horizon, of course, was the uh, Divi 1 World Champs, uh, which, and you missed that, unfortunately, but I was talking to Liam Webster a while ago, and when he, when you spoke to him about it, you kind of said to him that you're going to miss the World Champs, and then probably all of the uh, Melbourne Ice season as well. Now, is that true? And if so, how surprised are you that you actually back playing for Melbourne Ice uh, a month out? Um, that is true. I was told probably that my injury is at least a six to nine month injury. Yep. Um, I knew I was going to miss the world champs for sure. There was no way of coming back to that, which was pretty devastating. Yep. Um, and then my my goal was to have uh, was to be back by the grounds tournament, which is just gone. Okay. Yep. Um, but realistically, I. I wouldn't have been surprised if I did miss the whole season, but um, I did a lot of uh, a lot of pre-rehab. I waited uh, the recommended six weeks before having surgery. Yep. Um, and I did just to put this nicely, a shitload of rehab. Yeah, well, you have to, I suppose. You know, beforehand, and then uh, obviously couldn't work and didn't want to go back to work right away, so I, uh, you know, just started. Um, Doing rehab stuff every single day. Yep, yep. Um, can we talk just about Divi One just briefly? Um, how how hungry are you now uh, as a, as a player to try and get back into the team and get them back to Divi One? Considering you missed out on a pretty amazing trip. Yeah, no. Um, I was pretty devastated when it happened, and you know, for them to be to go back down into Division Two, I think. Uh, Realistically, a lot of people probably weren't surprised, but I wanted to, you know, be there and help them, you know, give a, give a good shot. But yep. then again, every team goes there to win, and I, I thought the Aussies still had a, a very good chance of, you know, staying in Div 1 and competing every year. There's a lot of, a lot of good players there, so yep. I, hope, um, I hope next year that I can, you know, get on the team again and uh, hopefully help them out. And I imagine that you're stuck on one game. You can't wait to play for a second time, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm hoping for it, so... Exactly. 
Now, you're the coach. Let's just make pretend again. You're the coach. Who are you playing on the line with? I mean, this, the, the, the line's a little bit shuffled right now with the injury to Nathan and whatnot. Who, who would you prefer to play with if you're the coach? Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, look, my line is, uh, is whoever it comes. I'm, I'm just happy to play, so I'm not the type of guy that worries about line mates or, you know, has a, has a complaint about who I'm playing with, so I'm happy playing with uh, whoever I get. That, that's that, that's very well answered. But what about who do you think you play best with? I mean, is there someone you think that you mesh well with? I mean, obviously you look at Liam and Matt; they play pretty well together. Who's someone that you think you play really well with and compliment on the on the ice? Um, that's just fun. Uh, I probably have to say my my line mate from last year. I probably have to say Mikey Beaton. Oh yep, a bit 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 of pace there. Yeah, what? me and him uh, play similar style. It's very very quick and uh, you know. We, we play club league together, so we've kind of grown up with each other. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, I mean, you're an NHL fan, are you not? Oh, big time. Now, can you uh, pick someone in the NHL? You can pick whoever you like, not to be humble, who you think you most resemble. Like, you know, uh, talk about Nathan the case. I mean, uh, he's been talked about as a Paul Career kind of player. Who is someone that you would think you most resemble from the NHL? Oh, God, this is a good question. I've never even thought about this. I mean, you're a Leafs fan, aren't you? Speaking of the Leafs, I mean, you. I mean, as a, I'm, a, I'm an Avs fan myself, and just seeing that you were in Colorado for a bit, we couldn't get you to the Avalanche at any stage. Couldn't turn you into an Avs fan at all. No. Uh, no, I've, I've seen a lot of Avs games, and I, I still can't be persuaded away from my uh, my beloved Leafs. Yep. Uh, so I mean, you know, I mean, uh, oh, I couldn't fathom a guess what you'd be like. Um, you can't think of any kind of NHL player you'd, 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 you'd resemble. Good shot, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, let's keep up that Brace sort of uh, keeps doing his job, and you do your job. You're doing uh, very nice work. I think you had three points last week in one game, so you're doing uh, find a bit of form now, which is nice. And uh, hopefully the team can keep winning, and you can be a big part of that. And I thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. That was, uh, that was a good fun interview. I, I enjoyed it. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. So that's Tommy Powell there. Uh, just a great guy, fantastic bloke, and uh, just a fun guy. Just a fun dude. I think a dude's word he was using there. So I'll use that as well. So that's Tommy Powell there. Um, of course, because the uh, the league had a week weekend off last week, we don't have anything to report uh, from the uh, AHL in terms of uh, in terms of scores. So what we'll do is we will uh, just reiterate the top scores uh, for you. Um, the, the, sorry, the leading scores and the standings, because uh, no, there's no um, scores to uh, update you on. And of course, uh, just to reiterate, there of course we find Newcastle on top. Uh, they're on 46 points. Uh, now followed closely by Melbourne Ice, who on the same amount of games played are only seven points behind, um, which is which is very good because while there we were sort of in the middle of the pack, but now Melbourne Ice chasing tail. Gold Coast Blue Tongues, they're up our tail uh, a lot. They're only four points behind us. But there's a bit of a gap to Adelaide in fourth, who are on 30 points, but they are, have got four games in hand. And a lot of those games at hand are against the Knights and the Bears. So they they are pretty strong at the minute, considering they've got so many games in hand against lower-ranked teams. And then, of course, fighting for a spot is the Ice Dogs, but they're really strong. They're on 27 points from 20 games played. They need a miracle to get uh, take Adelaide's spot. And then, of course, uh, hold on to the rest of the ladder, is the Knights on 12 points and the Bears on 6. Scoring leaders... Well, it's all about Brad Smolders, basically. Uh, he uh, continues to lead by a mile. He's got 65 points in 19 games, 30 goals, 30 assists. That's fantastic going. That's ridiculous. And all for only a measly six penalty minutes as well. Then there's a, a gaggle of uh, Newcastle players, Lafonnier, Sol, Kay and Harvison, who ran out the top five. And then, of course, there's a bit of uh, Melbourne Ice action. We've got Matt Watkins on 40 points from 18 games. Lee Webster on 34 points from 18 games. And Nathan the case, Nathan the case sorry, who will stay stagnant 
on 30 points for 15 games. But it's exciting to see Matt Watkins pushing now the uh, the North Stars players uh, and get amongst some of the real leaders of the league this year. So that's the AIHL. No scores to report off because the league had a week off. But there's the uh, standings and the league leading players as we speak. Now we'll move on to the continuation of the Olympic series. This is where we preview some of the kind of talent that next year's exciting Olympics will uh, will bring on. Um, this week, we've, sorry, we've covered the US and Canada in previous weeks. This week, we've got Sweden. Uh, I believe, I did my research, that they were the, they are the reigning uh, gold medalist, the, the current Olympic gold medal uh, winning team. So, big pressure. This is the reigning gold medalist uh, next year in Vancouver. So, it's a big uh, it's a big team with a lot of pressure. And plenty of talent. Plenty of talent. Like, I mean, if you look at some of their forwards, I can give you names like the Sedin the twins. And they've got Daniel Alfredson still there. Uh, emerging superstar Nicholas Backstrom, uh, the centre from Washington. He's fantastic. Louis Erickson, just doing some very nice work, scoring for Dallas. And they've got Johan Franzen, the mule. Uh, Henrik Zetterberg, Matt Sundin, Mikhail Samuelson. Uh, Samuel Pelson, good good checking centre. He, he'll go up against some of the better players from that position. Uh, Christian Husalius, handy, got a good set of hands, good set of hands, and played all for his country. And then a name you might not be familiar with, but had a tremendous uh, world champs just recently, Matthias Weinhandel, goal-scoring freak. Uh, didn't make it as an NHL player, but ripping it up over in uh, over in uh, Sweden and rips it up for his national team. So look for him to be a bit, bit of a present, bit of a surprise packet next year in Vancouver. And then on D, it's just equally as fantastic. You've got Nick Lidstrom, uh, Nicholas Quanrell. Uh, a bit of a surprise here, but just emerging as a real threat on the on the uh, on the blue line. Jonathan Eriksson from Detroit had a super playoffs, plays really well uh, for Sweden, and plays really well with uh, Nick Lidstrom as well. So look for that pairing to be a factor next year. T.S. Ireland, new Tampa Bay Lightning player, but he's fantastic. Uh, Johnny Oduya, very very sturdy defenseman for New for New Jersey, and then uh, blast from the past, but still very worthwhile. Kenny Onsen, he's doing some very fine work over in uh, over in Europe, and he's worthwhile. Uh, in, in the, in the uh, top six for Sweden, and then of course goaltending. Well, you know, I'll, I'll go in reverse order to give, give us a surprise. But we've got uh, Johan Holmqvist. He can be the third goaltender. The backup can be the monster, the new Toronto Maple Leaf, the uh, the guy that's just breaking records over in Sweden, and he come over now with all this kind of hype. But the main guy, the records that uh, the monster's been breaking. Hank like this, just a superstar in net, and uh, as if he needed to try and, you know, stop the Sedins or Nicky Baxter from scoring or try and get past it, he's going to try to get past Lundqvist like as well. He's a bit of a superstar, and he'll be a, a major, major player in terms of where the gold medal goes next year in uh, Vancouver. So Sweden looking very strong, and what we've, what we've got so far is three very strong, and I'm going to say even teams, and it's this, it's this kind of evenness that'll make the... the uh, Olympics next year is so exciting, and, and, and this sort of uh, Olympic series gives you a preview on just why it'd be so exciting, because these teams are going to be so even, and so full of talent and uh, superstar potential, that it's going to make for the most exciting Olympics I've ever seen. And I'm only, uh, I'm only young, but oh, I've seen them on DVD, they're fantastic, so next year will be exciting, and next, next week we might do, uh, might do Finland. A little bit more under the radar, not much know about Finland, but they always surprise, and you know, Sweden won gold last year, uh, last time at, uh, at Turin. But they beat Finland, so they're, they're not to be uh, uh, not to be outcounted. So they're fantastic as well. We'll do that next week. And uh, just before we uh, rend off a very uh, short segment three, it's going to be a short podcast because Leisha isn't here. But it's a very short segment three. We uh, this is a Leisha secret segment, but just without Leisha. And what we're doing here is we're going to uh, just give you, give you a bit of a uh, a brief. Oh, no, that's not brief. It's in depth. It's in depth. Let's knock it ourselves. And then get look at Newcastle. Because let's be honest, in about a month's time, you will be planning a trip to go to Newcastle to watch the Melbourne Ice play in finals. You'll be there for the weekend, it'll be great. So what, what we've gone to the uh, trouble to today is to sort of just help you out and organise in your trip. How you're going to get there, where you're going to stay, what you're going to do when you get there. It's all covered for you. So what we'll do now is we'll go through just transportation. How might you get to Newcastle? What are the prices you're thinking? You know, you want to go, but you're not sure about it. Well, let's just talk you through it. First of all, Let's just talk about if you want to maybe say drive to Newcastle. It's a lovely drive. It's a long drive, but a lovely drive. Uh, if you want to uh, use the Hume Highway and you want to start your trip from the uh, Oakley South uh, Ice Rink, where we are, where I am today, recording this uh, beautiful podcast, that the Hume Highway right up to Newcastle, bang, and come to the front door of the Hunter Ice Skating Stadium, which we want to go to Hunter Ice Skating Stadium. 
that'll take you about 12, 12 and a half hours. So it's a long drive, but you, if you break it up and, you know, you cut, maybe you carpool, or you have some uh, ice spy going on in the car, it'd be fantastic. So you want to go up the Hume Highway, around Sydney, and just kick it out towards the castle, so you can't miss it, and then get in, uh, get in amongst there. Now, it's uh, 1,048 kilometres from the Oakley Rink to the Hunter Rink, but it's, that's not far. That's not far. And it's, it's for the weekend, so it's, it's, it's very much justified. So that's if you want to go by, by car, but let's be honest. It's, it's just, it's, you know, let's it's get, get a plane to Newcastle. Plenty, plenty of options there. Uh, Virgin Blue and Jetstar are uh, other people to, uh, to go for for that. Prices sort of range between 94 and uh, $139 if you do your, do, do, uh, do it properly. Uh, leaving from Tomarine Airport, and it takes about an hour and a half to get to Newcastle. But you're looking at about $100. If you want to do it, you know, expensive, you can, you know, end up paying... 300 bucks for it, but you don't want to do that. You want to do about 150. So you're looking at 119, $139. Give or take, depends when you book and what time you fly. So that's how you want to go by plane. This is uh, for Virgin Blue or Jetstar. So this is one way, by the way. It's just the one way. If you want to do uh, return, you're looking at the oh. And so this is this is for, uh, if you want to do, um, by, by return, you're looking at about 200 bucks all up uh, to get yourself back, which you'll want to, because you want to come back here and celebrate the team when they bring home the cup. Now, that's by plane. Hey, what if you don't like flying? You know, you've got a fear of flying? That's fine. There's plenty of other ways to get there, i.e. you can go by train. Now, I've looked into this. You can uh, get there by train. Now, to get to Sydney, because you have to get to Sydney first by train, you can leave Southern Cross Station, or as I call it, Spencer Street Station, you can get to Sydney from Melbourne, uh, first class, $120.30. That's not bad. It's not bad. It'll take you about, take you uh, half a day. Or you'd be in, sorry, that's in first class. Or you can be in economy class. If you're not, not, not that, uh, that fast where you sit or you sleep, uh, $91 uh, to go in economy class to Sydney. And then the connecting uh, transportation from Sydney to Newcastle will cost you $25. So you're looking at around about $150 to $125 depending on what class you want to go to Sydney bike. So that's one way. Of course, double it to come back, of course, because you want to come back. Because uh, as much as Newcastle is an awful place to be, you want to be back in Melbourne. So that's the train option. Uh, if you were looking to maybe go by coach, go by coach, Greyhound, very good people at Greyhound, they will do some beautiful, beautiful transporting. Uh, they will take you uh, there one way for $135. Great value. I mean, coaches are fantastic. Good, good place to meet people. You know, if you're single, or you know, you're recently divorced or something, or you're just looking for some new friends in your life, go, go Greyhound. You'll have the time of your life. You'll make new friends. You'll be very, you know, you'll be nude in half an hour. It'll be fantastic. So that's all. That's that's the way to get there, sort of thing. Now. You say, oh, look, I'll get to Newcastle, that's fine, but where's the rink? I don't know where the rink is. Now, we've got directions for you here. You get, you get in the centre of Newcastle, which is a beautiful part of the world. It's a, bit of, it's a nice little uh, harbour. Uh, you'll be in Hunter Street, no doubt, because or Scott Street. This is the centre. So this is the Burke Street of, of, uh, of Newcastle. What you want to do is you want to get out to, sort of, the rink sort of a little bit to the, uh, to the west. You want to get out towards, back to Pacific Highway, which is easy to do. There's plenty of signs. And you get on the Pacific Highway for, a, for you know, a little bit, and then you want to get across the uh, West Charleston Bypass through Hillsborough, all beautifully signed, all beautifully signed. Get on the Hillsborough Road, and then it's just, you look for Macquarie Road, you're going to go about two or three k's along. It's all beautifully signed. There'll be signs up, Melbourne Ice fans, to let, let, let them know how to get from the centre of Newcastle to the rink. But just to sort of repeat, get on the Pacific Highway, you want to go over the West Charleston Bypass in a westerly direction. You, you want to go towards, uh, you want to go towards Warners Bay, but that's too far. If you to Warners Bay or Bulleroo, you've gone too far. You want to end up in Lakelands. Look for Hillsborough Road and Macquarie Road. It's on Macquarie Road. Once you get there, you'll be set, you'll be home and hose, and you'll be fine. So that's that's been a Newcastle there. Uh, did you know that it was? It's Australia's. It's the sixth largest city. Uh, it's beautiful beaches. So when, you, so when you're not at the moment, I'm going to go to the beach. Even though it's August, not a bit quite. No, trust me, beach in Newcastle, even in August, is fantastic. Uh, you've got the Hunter Valley, just, you know, a short drive. Uh, plenty of wines there. You can go see some of the uh, beautiful maritime heritage in Newcastle when you're not there. Fantastic place to be. So you'll enjoy your bus experience. So you, you don't know how to get there, but by plane, car, 
uh, train or coach. You know where the rink is. It's the Hunter Ice Skating Stadium. Uh, that's uh, in uh, Macquarie Road. Um, uh, Macquarie Road in uh, well, it's actually in Lakelands, but we'll call it Newcastle for all those purposes. Uh, you know, when you uh, leave the Melbourne Ice Skating, go to the Hunter Valley for some wine, wine tours, or go to the beach, or go to a museum, maybe an arts, maybe an arts uh, art show. Plenty of good stuff in Newcastle to go see. So I really uh, recommend you get on board. And of course, to reiterate, what you need to do is when the finals arrangements are done, you check out the Melbourne Ice website when uh, probably next week. And they'll have some sort of uh, details there for you to get involved with there. So it'd be fantastic. So I look forward to uh, seeing you on the, on the coach or on the plane or on the, uh, on the train as we you know, attack Newcastle, all of us together. So that's, uh, that's Newcastle sort of summed up in a bit of a nutshell. And uh, what we'll do now is we'll, uh, well, we'll wrap up our segment three. Uh, thanks to Between Coffees, website people. If you need a website for anything, for whatever you like, Betweencoffees.com is the website to go to. So we'll uh, thank them uh, kindly for their support of this segment. And we'll uh, wrap up and we'll come back uh, in just a moment. We can just uh, say goodbye. Just to get out, so we'll have leisure mode next week. Uh, this week, of course, though, must must uh, remember that you, we are playing the Bears on uh, on the Sunday uh, at ooh, at four fifteen. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be a good game. We are on, on to win a comfortable win, and of course, this win we get this week will lock in. Our finals uh, prospects. However, I'm on this show prepared to say that we're in the finals already. Uh, otherwise, that Newcastle would have been a waste of time. However, so make sure you get to uh, Newcastle this week. Sorry, to Melbourne Ice this week. Newcastle in about a month's time. So make sure you get to uh, the uh, Oakley uh, Rink this week, Sunday uh, evening, quarter past four. Uh, get there earlier for your hot chocolate and your hot chips. Great value with the hot chips, but three bucks for hot chips. It's fantastic value. And uh, don't also forget to book in your uh, Centenary Gala dinner. Uh, that's coming up in October. The Melbourne Ice presentation uh, dinner, that's in end of uh, August before the last home game. And yeah, just make sure you listen to the Melbourne Ice podcast next week. We'll be back with Leeson and Jaffa. we fantastic. And we'll see you in the game this week if you like this. So you did, did the whole works, mate? Yeah, man. If you're going to do it, do it right. Exactly.